0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Successful Aging Academy. We're dedicated to bringing you the very best real-world recommendations and motivation. Helping to guide and support you in your effort to improve your quality of life in the coming decades. Are you ready? Ready?
1: Hey everyone, welcome back. It's Art McDermott for another podcast on the Successful Aging Academy. Today, I really feel fortunate in having with us someone I've known for a couple of years now, I believe, uh, as part of a business group that we're both associated with. His name is Dan DeFigio. Let me tell you a little bit about Dan. He is a well-known nutrition expert, and he's been featured on, uh, listen to this, CNN's Fit Nation, a Dr. Phil show, Self Magazine. Muscle & Fitness, Shape Magazine, Reader's Digest, and a whole host of other media outlets. Dan is the author of Beating Sugar Addiction for Dummies and founder of BeatingSugarAddiction.com. So, Dan, welcome. Great to have you.
2: Thank you so much, Art. I appreciate you asking me to come on your
1: show. This is great. Yeah, I was real excited that we were able to connect and get this time slot going. Um, I want to The topic of sugar, we're obviously going to dive into this one today, and and I wanted to start off and have and have my listeners hear a story that stuck with me for years. Uh, back several years ago when I owned a brick-and-mortar facility and used to train people from all over the area, um, I had a woman come to me, one of my long-term clients, and say, hey, Art, I would really love it if you could work with my daughter. And of course, I said, absolutely, what's going on? And she said, well, she's gone away to college, and she find I found that she's, It's obviously it's clear, she's putting on... A lot of weight over these over the last year or so, and we're really concerned. Uh, I said, Absolutely, let's set up a time, we'll get her in here. I'll be happy to do whatever I can to help. And then she came back to me a couple days later and said, Well, my daughter won't come in. And I said, Well, why? I, I was kind of surprised. She said, Well, because I actually knew the girl as well from her sports training days back in high school. Uh, I used to work, she used to work out at our facility, and she said, Well, she knows that the first thing you're going to ask her to do is to quit sugar or cut back on sugar, and she can't. So it was—it was so sad because she was so completely addicted to sugar that she wouldn't even entertain the thought of stopping. So I mean, it's such a powerful, powerful you know, chemical in our lives and influence in our lives. And uh, I'd really like to hear, you know, how you kind of got started, what you're doing now, and how you got started on this really specific.
2: Yeah, well, I I started working in the fitness and nutrition field in 1993, so I've been around for a while, and it became clear to me very early on that uh, teaching people about nutrition was really not what they needed. There are so many people who are really struggling with stress eating and sugar addiction that this really became prominent in the, the folks whom I was speaking with, especially The middle-aged crowd, you know, as body starts changing, you can't eat like you used to eat when you were 20. You know, you've got to make some of these improvements and changes. And it became clear uh, that sugar addiction and stress eating are really big problems for a lot of people. So I started to put together some materials and some lessons and some programs around helping people around this. And then um, it sort of became a thing. You know, I, I write a lot. I do a lot of interviews, and so I've got a lot of my material out and about in various outlets. And eventually, uh, the publishers who do the Dummies books called me up and they said, "Hey, we like your stuff. We would like you to do a book for us." And that is how "Beating Sugar Addiction for Dummies" was born.
1: That's awesome. That's a great story. That's a great story. So, um, so I can see how you naturally, of obviously being a fitness pro. Um, nutrition guy getting into that niche so that seems fairly straightforward anyone who's been in this industry for any period of time that's that's really the big the, the big enemy they that's the 800 pound gorilla in the room um can you tell me a little bit about because you talked about the sugar addiction in there what based on your experience what is the real you know the real science behind it and the the levels of addictive you know the addictive quality of sugar what can you tell me about that
2: Well, sugar is sort of a double whammy when it comes to uh, being an addictive substance because um, people who do stress-eating and sugar addiction as a habit, uh, there are two main reasons and two main obstacles to overcome. Number one is the – well, I'll talk about the chemistry very briefly. I don't want to bore folks with too much uh, nerdy chemistry. But basically, these kinds of substances like sugar – the same thing happens with alcohol and different uh, narcotics like cocaine and other substances like that. They stimulate the pleasure center in the brain. So we get this chemical output of these feel-good hormones that we literally can become addicted to. So the more sugar you eat and the more pleasurable stuff you put in your mouth, the more your brain is like, oh, man, I got to get some more of this. You know. So that is the chemical version of it. And then the other part – that people generally struggle with. And if you're taking notes, write this one down. This is a big one. When you are using a substance, basically to medicate with, what you're doing is you are using that substance as a substitute for something that you really want.
1: Mm, so let okay. me use an example, if I may. Um,
2: let's say you're all stressed out at work, right? You typically you have a history of stress eating. Uh, You eat way too much sugar, and you know that you do. You're all stressed out at work. Your boss is breathing down your neck. You're having a terrible day, and your habit is, when that happens, I reach for the cookies. So, Does that sound familiar?
1: Absolutely.
2: So in this particular example, um, if you're feeling really stressed out at work, what you probably want for real is some sort of a feeling of control or peacefulness. Mm. We're not worrying about what's going to happen. Are you going to get fired, you know, or the the pressure that's getting to you? See, sugar can't fix that. Sugar cannot give you what you want. And so what we end up doing is we make these habits to use this substance as a distraction against what is really going on. It's very easy to use uh, sugar as something to give your brain something to do for the next two minutes besides feel worried about being stressed.
1: Right, right. And that I mean, that's an interesting point because I've often just thought of sugar from the clinical side, the science side. Okay, yeah, it stimulates the centers of the brain, et cetera, and it has this many calories per gram, blah, blah, blah. But you're right. I mean, and that ties in really deeply with what we're doing at the Successful Aging Academy, which is really more about not just workouts and nutrition, but about... Habit change and breaking, you know, disrupting those kind of patterns that we fall into every day that are likely, you know, harming us pretty significantly. And, and that type of pattern right there, running to sugar every time you feel stressed, every time you feel like you need to feel good for a few minutes, like you said, um, is, is one of those patterns that's, that's extremely dangerous and extremely easy to fall into.
2: Yeah, you really hit the nail on the head there, Art. Um when you talk about any kind of reactive uh, behavior, whether it's eating or using alcohol or drugs or gambling or, you know, whatever you're medicated with, we're really talking about behavior. Mm-hmm. So it's great to dive into the nuts and bolts of the nutrition science. But my experience has been people already know what they're supposed to eat, right? I don't need to teach anybody that a mixed green salad is healthier for them than a donut. Everybody knows that right so knowledge is not really the big problem. It's really behavior and habits
1: mm-hmm. Boy that, that, that is so true and that's I, I see it every day it's what people are struggling with with my program yeah, some of them surely they fall into a negative pattern and it seems to be late at night they want to the sugar craving blah blah I'm like well it, how much of that is a sugar craving how much of that is two things the habit you've fallen into of desiring sugar at that time of day. And that being a result, of course, of what you ate earlier in the day that brought your blood sugar back down to that level where you need to bring it up again, you know? So it's, it's all part of a big overall pattern. Um, So tell me a little bit about the um, addictiveness of sugar. Um, Like maybe, maybe compared to, you know, other stuff out there. Like, you know, I've seen these charts where, you know, sugar has been called one of the most addictive substances in the, planet and all that stuff. Is, it, is that just hype or what can you tell me about that?
2: It's a little bit hype, but it really does uh, work along the same chemical pathways in your brain as a lot of these stronger drugs like cocaine. So the chemistry is pretty similar. I think the thing that makes sugar so much more difficult is that it's pervasive mm-hmm. and it's cheap right? and it's socially acceptable. Like If you've got a Heroin habit, and you're at a party, you can't just like start shooting up heroin. There's a social stigma to it. Maybe right. you can't. handle what kind of parties you go to, Art. maybe I shouldn't.
1: Yeah, I get there's out of that. There's
2: a social stigma <laughs> around drinking too much. There's a social stigma around drug use or having a gambling problem. But you got to eat. Right. And sugar and dessert, there's really no stigma around that. It's socially acceptable to eat sugar.
1: Right. And it's funny. It's interesting. Somebody said to me a long time ago the difference between maybe like alcoholism and sugar addiction. It's like, well, you don't have to drink alcohol. But like you said, you have to eat every day. And and choosing to eat sugar is just another another choice that no one really around you is going to bat an eye at. Uh, Like you said, it's completely, uh, totally acceptable. Um, And the other thing you said there that was interesting is how pervasive... Sugar is. I want to touch on that for a minute because one of the examples I give when I give a talk on nutrition is saying there really is no viable reason for sugar to be an ingredient in peanut butter, for example. It's what right. it's it's in everything. And what can you tell me about just the, maybe the how sugar has infiltrated our, our food system?
2: Yeah, it really has. It started um, to get a, to be a real problem in the 1990s when we went through this fat-free phase.
0: If you're truly motivated to make real, lasting change to your aging trajectory, please visit us at www.successfulaging.academy and schedule your free, no-obligation coaching call with SAA founder, Art McDermott. We look forward to working with you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Where uh, you know dietary fat was was the devil, right? And everybody was trying to stay away from that. So, in it, in an attempt to make up for the flavor that was missing when they took out all the fat from these fat-free processed foods, they added a bunch of sugar instead, or a bunch of chemicals for flavoring, or both. So that is the sort of the real genesis of the enormous boost in the uh, sugar content of so many processed foods. It started in the 1970s when they came out with high fructose corn syrup commercially. Mm -hmm. They started using that, but we really started to see an enormous increase in the sugar content of uh, packaged and processed foods in the 1990s uh, with the fat-free phase.
1: Right, Yeah, and and high fructose corn syrup seems to be... the the big bad boy, right, of sugar, and um, correct me if I'm wrong because you're going to be the expert here. My understanding is that the sugar companies, the food companies themselves, are trying to tell people that, hey, sugar is just sugar and high fructose corn syrup is just another form of sugar, but my understanding is, having read it a little bit more than the average person, is that that high fructose corn syrup actually follows a different pathway in, in the body, in the brain, and it's how it's metabolized. Is that... Is that the case? It
2: does, yeah, yeah. Fructose is metabolized differently than uh, glucose, which is the other kind of sugar. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, when you have more than just a very, very small amount of fructose, then it starts to screw around with your uh, your hormones that sense like how full you are and how hungry you are. It starts to uh, change how you metabolize the actual calorie content of it, and it becomes Basically, it packages up as body fat much quicker because you, um, your, your liver just puts it as body fat almost immediately. Oh. So any more than just a few grams of fructose at a time can really become a problem over time. In fact, here's your nifty nerd moment for mm-hmm. the uh, fun fact of the day, Art. Um, fructose overload is the number one cause of fatty liver disease.
1: Wow, ahead of alcoholism.
2: Yep, non-alcoholic fatty fatty liver
1: disease. Right, non-alcohol. Yep, yes, yeah. Oh, wow, that is a I did not know that that. that yeah, fructose
2: is very bad for your liver in, in all but the smallest amount of amounts.
1: Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. A zero amount would be pretty good. I, I know that the food companies try to do a lot of different things to to downplay the impact of high fructose corn syrup, like calling it different names, like the corn sugar I heard was one they're trying to use because yeah. everyone's kind of on to that whole high-fructose corn syrup dangers. And, um, you know, it's just it really just shows people what the companies will do to keep, you know, keep selling their products and filling it with stuff that's really not good for us for the sake of profit.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's really the the amount of it that is the biggest problem. I mean, we can manage a few grams of this with no problem. But even you know one 12 ounce soda has like 50 grams of sugar in, it, right? Oh wow, yeah. So it's just the the amount that is present in all these different uh, packaged foods and, and sweets and stuff. A few grams is not a problem. We don't have to like sound the alarm that we're all going to die tomorrow if we have a couple grams of high fructose corn syrup. Um, we can deal with that just fine. Our bodies are okay with it. But it's it's the
1: amount, right? You know, sure volume, that's, sure that's a big problem. Yeah. So. If I went out, and um uh, shifting gears a little bit here, if I went out and got your book, what what is the book about? Uh, tell me. I mean, everyone's obviously familiar with that series, the Four Dummies uh, series. Tell me what they would find if they went out and grabbed that book on Amazon. Well, the way that
2: the Dummies books are laid out, they like to cover a subject from A to Z. So there is a lot of information in Beating Sugar for Dummies that, uh goes from the very start of like how sugar works in your body, uh, what happens, what are some of the health problems from too much sugar. Uh, There are a bunch of chapters on healthy nutrition, like what to do instead of sugar. There are recipes. There are lots of bonus chapters that talk about behavior and mindset. There's a ton of stuff in that book. And I don't want to say don't buy my book. (laughs) <laughs> because everyone should have at least two copies. But if I <laughs> could pick one tool for people, I'm going to go with my... Uh, I have an online course to help people eat less sugar. It's called Sugar-Free Me. And you really get to the nuts and bolts of like what to do if you're having trouble and you want to eat less sugar and you don't really know how. Right. The book itself, Beating Sugar Addiction for Dummies, is 300 and some pages. And... I enjoyed writing it, and there's a lot of very good information in there. But let's face it. I mean, generally, most of us are not going to read that much material. Mm -hmm. I know uh, if you're like I am, Art, I've got a bookshelf full of books (laughs) that I sort of poked around in but haven't really gone from start to finish. So my real goal in order to try to help people and to get them to actually do something is to give them a little more of a digestible and actionable program. So that's why I put together sugar-free me.
1: That's great. Because like you, I am um, absolutely addicted. Speaking of addiction, I'm absolutely addicted to ordering books on Amazon. I mean, if I see somebody, if I see a thread on Facebook with some people that I like to work with and they say, oh, I read this book and it's awesome. Within 30 seconds, I'm ordering the book. So, But yeah. I'm a bigger fan of ongoing learning and I love online courses. At any given moment, I have two to three courses going on any time. So... I love the idea of taking the, all that knowledge that you've got from your studies and putting it in that type of form. I and mean, that's, that's my preferred medium as well. And I hope a lot of people listening would, would consider that as a, as a really good option to get the information in, in, in a way that you're really going to retain and implement.
2: Yeah, putting it into practice is really the most important thing. It's great to read and learn and understand, but you've got to do something if you want to change your behavior. So no. my course is about doing things.
1: Good. Great. All right. So I'm going to put you in the spot a little bit here where um, we got a couple minutes left. So this is what I'd like to do. Um, I would like to pin you down and say someone came to you and said, you know, I I need a down and dirty process. I'm addicted to sugar. What can I do to get off the sugar roller coaster? Like I really, this is super important to me. Um, I like, oh, let's say for example, the, the, the girl in my story at the beginning of the show, what if she walked in, what type of program, what are you going to tell her to do for a strategy? And maybe this is a, a little boil down synopsis of what your course is about, but what would you tell them to do? Where are they going to start? Where we start is don't try to quit cold turkey. Mm-hmm. And that
2: takes a lot of people by surprise. Um, I tell people, don't do a detox. Don't try to quit cold turkey. And they're like, well, you're the guy who wrote Beating Sugar Addiction for Dummies. You're the guy who founded BeatingSugarAddiction.com. What, what do you mean I shouldn't do a sugar detox? And the reason is the number one reason that people go through this roller coaster of on and off and on and off and success and failure and
1: success and more failure is just the phrase you you describe, Art. It's a roller
2: coaster. The number one reason that they stay on that roller coaster is all or nothing thinking. And if you're taking notes during this podcast, write that down and then put a circle with a line through it. No more all or nothing thinking. If you try to completely quit or completely turn around all of your habits and all of your nutrition and make 15 different changes all at once, you're never going to be able to stick to it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know,
2: you can do that for two weeks or whatever, and then you're back to square one, back where you started from. So the big picture, my big takeaway is the way that you make improvements to how you feed yourself and do other things too, for that matter, is by baby steps. You have to change what is normal for you. You cannot go on a detox or a keto or whatever kind of diet that in your brain is a temporary thing. Because then you get off of it and you have no other choice but to go back to what you used to do because you don't have any other tools.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. And if that's as a professional myself working with a lot of people, that is probably the single biggest point of failure is people trying to you know, come in and they come in. Well, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to clean up my diet. I'm going to do, go to the gym three, four days a week. And like, oh, God, you're, you're in trouble. You're screwed because yeah, you're going to fall off that. Yeah, it's way too much. It's overwhelming. And there's no chance that they're going to do that. And, and a lot of that ties right back into uh, one of the other themes that comes up a lot with the, in the academy is this concept of uh, not relying on willpower motivation because they're fleeting. They'll, they'll go away. You know, once you, you, you can listen to a speech by Tony Robbins and come out of there like fired up. And then by the end of the weekend, maybe not so much. And by Monday, you're back to your old habits. And it's because it, it is truly about habit change and small baby steps, which is exactly um, what I tell my people as well. So it, it sounds like we're definitely on the same page there. And I hope people can see that connection. If you want to make the progress, this is the type of approach that you need, not this all-or-nothing, you know, craziness that that really sets you up for failure. Yeah. One final thing, Dan. Can you take a couple of minutes and tell me a little bit about where someone can actually get the book? We talked about what's in it, but not where to get it. So if you could tell our listeners um, how they can get hold of that and your course as well, I'm sure they'd be interested to know. Headquarters
2: for me is beatingsugaraddiction.com. Okay. There people can pick up. Uh, I've got a free guidebook on stress eating up there right now that would probably be very useful for your listeners who are struggling with uh, sugar addiction and stress eating and these types of nutrition habits. So go to beatingsugaraddiction.com. Pick up the free How to Stop Stress Eating guidebook. Um, Also there, I've got a ton of information about better eating habits, how to do these baby steps. Information on all my books is
1: there as well. Wow, that's great. And you know what? I'm doing a little course right now and a lot of work. Uh, on stress eating and stress management myself, which is a huge issue for my uh, demographic, the folks that I'm helping. And I'd love to be able to um, get them a copy of that free book. I think uh, I'll have ta- to talk to you about that one, maybe getting it out to them right away. Thanks. Sounds great. Awesome stuff. Okay, well, so we give people a starting point, a little bit of history. Um, Dan I couldn't ask for some better information and more timely uh, topic and relevant topic to folks who listen to me. So uh, I really appreciate your carving out some time with us today. And um, it's always a pleasure to hear your insights and um, I look forward to seeing you again soon.
2: Thank you so much for asking
1: me to come on your show. I'd appreciate
2: it. It's It's been great. You're doing great work. I really admire you.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye now.
0: Thank you for listening to the Successful Aging Academy podcast. If you have a topic you would like to see addressed, please drop us a line through our website at www.successfulaging.academy. And while you're there, be sure to schedule your free coaching call.